Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. So what's what goes with your coffee or tea? Coffee cake, oh delicious, especially the cinnamon and sugary swirl kind. Tea biscuits, always a good choice, especially if you are having, or scones, if you're having like a legit one in the UK and afternoon tea. Oh my gosh, I'll never forget one of our trips to London. We went to the Dorchester and had like the real deal of afternoon English proper tea. And it was incredible. Oh my gosh. Or digest and digestives. Um, I'm addicted to these dark chocolate covered digestives that you can get at the grocery store, believe it or not, or a British shop nearby. I was thinking about like, oh, what goes with your coffee? What goes with your, your tea? And I was remembering my mom used to make this amazing pineapple upside down cake. And to be honest, these days, I'm not as much of a fan of it. I don't know, just not as much of a fan of like super sweet things. But when I was a kid, she used to make it and we loved it. It was amazing. And I think a lot of you probably know pineapple upside down cake. It's the sweet stuff that's at the bottom of the cake. Um, the pineapple slices, and if you want to use like maraschino cherries or whatever that looks like, and the sugary, crusty deliciousness. And then, of course, when you flip it over onto a tray or a plate, a cake plate, you have the beautiful sweet stuff now at the top, right? So hence the upside-down cake type of thing. When I was thinking about this the other day, and I think I saw like a recipe or something, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, a pineapple upside-down cake is is a good analogy for investing in our leader, in our people. If you think about it, when you when you create this cake, you are investing your time and the best ingredients in the bottom of the pan. That's where the where what gets the most attention. That's what gets the most heat. And then when it is time to flip it over and you have this beautiful design and ready to cut, it's the best part first that gets cut into, right? So, okay. Stay with me here. Organizations, I think, are like this, right? Or it should be. People, obviously, who start as an intern at the bottom, whatever you want to call that, and I and I really do hate the hierarchical language we use, but you do start somewhere in the organization, but then we tend to spend more time on the batter when it's already mixed and already set, if you think about it. We don't spend time, we don't invest in the bottom rung of a proverbial pyramid or hierarchy or ladder. Instead, we invest more in executives. We invest more in senior leaders. We have coaching for them. We have classes for them. We have more, and I'm not saying every organization, but I'm saying generally speaking, it's just interesting to me when you think about where our time and effort is focused. We give long-term incentive bonuses to senior leaders and managers and executives. We give them exercise equipment or we, you know, different kinds of executive privileges and perks. And it's so, it's always been so ironic to me. It's like the higher you go, the more perks you have, but yet really you're the ones that could probably afford paying for these perks on your own. 
Now, I, I get that some of this is reward for where they've gotten into their you know level in the organization, but we're not investing resources in the bottom enough. And so then we complain when people do get to these executive roles or senior roles, we have terrible leaders, terrible leaders, a lot of them, right? I mean, I've had a conversation with so many different people and so many different companies lately. It's like, oh my gosh, we just have so many bad leaders. Well, then how are, how are you getting there? I think you're spending more time focused on the batter, which is who they are, because they're there already, and less time on the bottom of the pan, if you will. And that truly is the most important place where you have to start investing in your people. You have to start teaching them the right leadership, equipping them to be future leaders, regardless of their position. I think that that's the other thing is I think we get so skills focused and we get so task focused when you're an intern or an entry level person. It's like, make sure they learn the job, make sure they learn the projects, the, the processes, the systems, the all of that. And we don't focus on teaching them leadership and helping them learn how to navigate with people, how to handle conflict, how to you know have executive presence in a room which or how to also just have courage and, and encourage them to speak up and share their ideas and how to articulate an idea. I mean, all of the different things that to me would be classified as intangibles. And if you've listened to my other podcasts about soft skills, you know, I, I despise that term. I, I reject that term because to me, all of those things, the leadership, the building of relationships, working with other people, group dynamics, organizational time, all of that stuff to me is so much harder to navigate, to learn, to master, whatever. I don't think you can ever master people. I think it's a constant learning journey because group dynamics and the people in your circle always come and go, right? It always changes. So you're always constantly learning new, um, adjusting to, and the, the tasks and the, the systems and the processes and all that, that can be taught. And I think, unfortunately, we are seeing people hire for those skills. We're hiring for the on-paper skills because you have 20 years of experience coding something or being a project manager of something. And I'm not discounting skills. Like, those skills and experience are absolutely valid. But like when I step into a role and I'm of a hiring leader and I'm talking to people and interviewing, I don't care about all that stuff. I really don't because on paper I can see that you have experience in these places. Great. I want to dig into the other stuff and I want to talk to you about the people dynamics. How do you manage conflict? Give me some scenarios. What is your philosophy of leadership? All of those things. And then when you hire for that and then you bring people in, you have to invest Get them started early and often and, re- and, and skilled in those things and adept in those things because then that will create wonderful future leaders. And then we won't get into this cycle of bad leaders having 20 years of experience and being at the top rung of this proverbial on paper ladder in companies and that really scare people away and drive people out and drive a lot of talent out to other organizations. That is fundamentally what's happening today. The great resignation, the turnover tsunami. People are acting like, oh, well, it's because there's so many great opportunities out there. Well, why would I be looking for a coffee cake if I have a really good pineapple upside down cake right here in front of me? The, the reality is no one's serving them cake. And so somebody else in another organization is luring them in with something delicious and wonderful. 
And it's like, because you're not getting your needs met, you're not being invested in, you're not being cared about. Well, then, you know, why shouldn't I leave? I think leaders are fooling themselves if they're not honest with themselves as to why people leave their teams. It's maybe a piece of it could be more money. Maybe a piece of it could be more, you know, the job itself or growth or whatever. But truly, I think if we were investing in people early and often and giving them an environment where they can thrive and giving them the autonomy they need to show us how wonderful they are and just helping coach them along the way and applaud them along the way, I don't think we'd have such this problem that that many companies are facing right now. I think also, too, the important part of teaching people and equipping people and investing and coaching them very young and early in their career is it's a lot like learning a language. It gets it gets harder and harder as you get older because your brain just doesn't absorb as much, right? That's just, you know, neuroscience too. It gets more difficult. You have to, it takes longer times to make a habit and like takes a lot longer and a lot more intention to have to break bad habits that you've now since developed over time. Like losing weight, healthy habits are way easier when you get young and when you're young and way harder when you get older too. I mean, it's just another another example of that. All right, let's get into some sips. Tip number one, leadership habits are developed early in your career. So everybody out there, consider shifting resources to invest more time in your new leaders, in your new and in your entry-level workers to create great future leaders. Because once bad habits set in, it's really hard to come back from that. And at what cost to the people and to the organization, the business. All right, tip number two. Stop calling it a retention strategy. Sounds like I'm retaining water. Retention strategy, call it an investment strategy. Because to me, retention is a reactive word. That means you want somebody to stay, but really because it's cheaper and it's less labor and resources to retain people. An investment strategy means you're putting money and time proactively into people. And of course, retention then is an outcome of that. And loyalty is an outcome of that. But you got to start early and you got to start doing that often. Sip number three. If you want your company to stick around, play the long game. Ditch the short-sightedness, the short-term gain in favor of long-term. Why do we wait when someone reaches a manager level or executive level to give them long-term incentives, to give them more perks, to give them more, you know, classes and coaching and investment in them? It's like we're waiting for them to convince us that they're in it for the long run. And I think also there's this assumption that people are just going to job hop. Younger generations, they'll just they'll just job hop anyway, so we're just going to accept defeat. And I don't believe that's true. They will only do that if you treat them like the bottom instead of treating them like your future, which is your top. If you think about that and just shift the mindset of you are grooming and coaching and equipping future leaders, future senior leaders, future people leading this company, leading your organization, leading your church, whatever it is, then I guarantee you're going to think differently about how you invest in them. Just like the pineapple upside down cape, all the sweet stuff on the bottom needs to be brought to the top. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. 
Until next time, keep on brewing.